Welcome to 9 to 5 Sports, here with the regular panel of Aaron Campbell, Elliot Good, and Robbie Comer, along with myself, Ty Comer. Uh, this week we'll continue our uh, march towards the NFL season. Uh, we've got <clears throat> two more, well, I guess three more divisions to cover after. Uh, we've got one tonight and two more to cover after tonight, obviously. But uh, So we'll continue our march on with the NFC South tonight. The winner of last year's NFC South was the uh, New Orleans Saints. A big pickup they found in Alvin Kamara from Tennessee. That was a huge rookie addition. And uh, Mark Ingram played really well back there behind Drew Brees, who well, had a had bit the, of a resurgence. Didn't they have the defensive rookie of the year? <clears> and then they Marshawn had Marshawn Lattimore, Lattimore who was the rookie awesome. defensive rookie of the year. So they had a better defense, and that's I think, was a, a huge um, factor to set them apart. Um, so setting this division, we have the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, as we normally do, we'll start with the divisional winners, and we will talk about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Elliot, you want to start us off? Yeah, I can start us off. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite teams to watch, really, in the NFC. I mean, you turn it on Sundays, and you always see the New Orleans Saints and the Superdome lighting up the scoreboard, and it's it's fun to watch, and now last year it seems they've acquired the defense to complement that firepower that they have on the offensive side of the ball. So it was really exciting to see guys like Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams step up on that defense to already complement Cameron Jordan on the defensive line, who's been a force for years now. And as as you guys alluded to, Alvin Kamara was awesome last year. Uh, he, he's going in the first round of fantasy drafts this year that just – speaks to how how well he did last year he all around back versatile they got thunder and lightning with him and ingram even though ingram's going to be suspended for four games but uh as far as the saints overall they've got the pass catching they got the quarterback and as i said they've got the defense now but the most impressive thing to me that controls this team is their offensive line it's it's excellent at every position and it's deep and i think that just lets everything flow together and i, I really don't see a weakness in this team barring injuries of course with every team so they're going to be my division winner again for this year i think the falcons make a strong run i say the falcons win about 10 games but i think the saints win 12 13 even 14 games this year there uh I, yeah i'm gonna kind of piggyback on what elliot said i i and the saints are i think even though you can make a case with the falcons being uh you know in their own right a very explosive offensive team but the Saints already having uh, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, and Mark Ingram added Alvin Kamara in the draft. Uh, they out, went out this year and picked up Cam, uh, Cameron Meredith, who played his last couple seasons in Chicago. Another good receiver in his own right. Drafted uh, rookie Traquan Smith. Uh, Apparently he's been flashing. Yeah, again. they they said he's looked really good. Uh, and in the draft, uh, I, something really big where they had traded up in – uh, in the draft to get uh, rookie pass rusher Marcus Davenport at a UTSA. Uh, I mean, you never see uh, teams give up a first-round pick to go up and get a pass rusher. Normally, if you give up a first-round pick, you're going up to get a quarterback, which is what I, I was expecting they would do. I thought they were going to trade up to get Lamar Jackson, so maybe eventually uh, replace uh, Drew Brees. 
but they must they must see something special in Davenport putting him on the opposite of Cameron Jordan. Uh, you alluded to uh, having Marcus uh, or Marshawn Lattimore uh, showed last year that he was a shutdown corner going toe to toe with uh, with the likes of Julio Jones and Mike Evans within the division. Uh, Didn't I, he get Evans ejected from a game? Oh yeah, he year? did. Oh, he was in he was in Evans' head from the get go. But I, I think this is a really special group uh, led by a good coach, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, and loads of weapons all, all around. Uh, I, I agree with Elliot. I think that the Falcons uh, will definitely. I think they'll have a bounce back year this year. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Saints win this division at 12 and four. Robbie. Yeah, um, Saints. I think they came a lot out of nowhere last year solely for the fact of Kamara and Lattimore. Because I heard a thing the other day, Sean Payton said he felt like he had four first-round picks. I don't know who the other two players were, but the way they performed, I think all four ended up starting in some way or another. Uh, you got Drew Brees. He's had – look, he's, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards every season – since 2006, he's had four or five of those years. Have He's been over 5,000 yards. So you know what you're going to get out of him. I know he's getting older, but he didn't show any signs of slowing down last year. Last year was probably one of his better seasons. Um, the defense is the only thing that I might have a little problem with. I, I don't know how the run defense is. The pass defense is pretty good. But if you get a team that could run the ball, but I don't think they're going to have a lot of problems. The Falcons could make a little run at them with Freeman and um, Coleman. Yeah, Coleman. But I think the Saints win, I'm going to say 11 or 12 games, and they win the division. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as easy as we think it is. I think, like you said, you guys have alluded to maybe a bounce-back year here for Atlanta, and we've also talked about the running game for Atlanta as well. And I think that's going to be even more of a of a stress or a uh, more of a, um, um, I guess, big point for the offensive coordinator there in Atlanta uh, to use. I mean, <clears throat> last year we really kind of saw how, what I think is honestly the true colors of Matt Ryan. Not that great of a quarterback. Um, he's just very average. Uh, even with uh, a player like Julio Jones catching your passes, um, still pretty average, pretty average kind of guy. I mean, Mohamed Sanu, I think, is another guy that's um, you know, pretty talented as well. And if you've got Sanu and Jones, and then Taylor Gabriel showed flashes last year he, too. He actually went to the Bears. Right, I'm, but I'm saying yeah, for, okay. this, for this last year's team, gotcha. I mean, those, those three guys showed flashes – and are some of the best guys in the in the NFL, being Julio Jones, but um, and and you still are considered average. I think Jalen Ramsey even said it best: like you got Julio to throw to, and you ain't been worth a crap. So, um, I think that is going to just propel them to run even more. I think they're going to finally realize that Matt Ryan's not the MVP type caliber season that he had two years ago. Um, and that could possibly make it a little bit tougher for the Saints. Um, back to what you were saying. At some point with Breeze and Brady and guys of that nature, like when are these guys going to actually start to you know, take a step back? I, you know, I'm not going to bank on this is the year that Breeze takes the step back, but, I mean, seriously, when, when does that happen? I mean, these guys are continuing to play like they're 27 and um, have just been very good. So, that's really the only way that I see the Saints taking a step back this year is maybe in those first four games, Kamara struggles to get it going, and he might have a sophomore slump after that with, with you know, mm-hmm. um, 
maybe just a confidence or mental confidence kind of thing. Um, and then Breeze would have to take a step back. Uh, also, the defense can't play as well as they did last year. So that would be the only way I would see that the Saints um, trip and fall in this division. But I, I still don't see them doing that. I, at All that being said, I still see them as um, the divisional winner. Um, so I, I really think they're they're an impressive squad. Um, but, uh, you know, we had we had our fantasy draft within the friends group last week. Um, there's been a few fantasy drafts. I know that these other guys have taken a part in. I've, I've only been a part of one. I've got another one. Um, when is that? Wednesday night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, we're still doing one Wednesday night. So um, I've still got one more to go. But if any of you haven't um, had your draft yet and you're still looking for advice, this is the time to get it. Um, so let's go to our fantasy experts with um, some guys that would be interesting in your fantasy drafts for the New Orleans Saints. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, well, obviously, uh, big names to stick out. Uh, you know, in the first round, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I mean, a guy that uh, last year just played like his hair was on fire. Uh, not really like special top end speed, but it is like if you watch him, it's special acceleration. He hits the whole short like, area quick. Yeah, he hits the whole faster than like any running back that I have seen in recent memory. Um, really, really good hands out of the backfield. And uh, if you if you go back and look at it, like at the box score of the last uh, several games of last season, the last five games of last year, he out touched and out out touched and out snapped Mark Ingram in all five of those games. And I think that even though Ingram is suspended for this game or these uh, four games to start the season. And I do look for Ingram to at least get back his um, goal line duties with the team. I think it was a shift in uh, to a new personality in that backfield. I think Kamara is going to be the lead guy of this backfield. I think uh, Ingram's getting a, a contract year as well, isn't he? I think he's coming. Uh, he might be actually. I think he's in a contract year. I think that uh, the reins are definitely his. You alluded to really good offensive line play, uh, great receivers on the outside, especially with Michael Thomas. Uh, commanded a lot of attention from the defense. Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. You're not going to be able to stack the box against this guy, and he's going to get so many opportunities to catch the ball in the backfield that even when he's ha- maybe having like a slow rushing day, he's going to be able to make up for it with that special acceleration out in the flats and out, out in the middle of the field against linebackers and corners. Um, Michael Thomas, an- another guy that I-, I think that a lot of people are really going to see this year just like how special of a talent Michael Thomas is. Because I think as of right now, even going into his third year, I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. I think he's he's supremely talented, a huge, really a huge guy for how, like, just how small he plays the game. Because he he can go up and uh, get big in the the end zone, but, uh, you know, works those uh, crossing routes in the middle of the field, really good out of the slot. Um, And he's already definitely been established as Breeze's favorite target he's been a top 10 fantasy receiver the past two years uh I, and i mean that was last year with only having five touchdowns so i, I mean i i look for breezes uh I, I think last year he it was the fewest amount of attempts that drew breezes ever ever had in a in a season in his career i don't look that, uh, i don't look for that to be the case again i think it'll kind of um more like relate back to the norm of his career maybe not as many passing attempts because I, I do think they do want to run the ball to keep breeze upright and to keep defenses honest but uh i, I think a big season uh for breeze is definitely in order as well so there you heard it folks basically anybody from the saints offense 
probably a good pickup. Elliot? I'm with him on that. I love the Saints this year. Uh, Alvin Kamara, as he said, turned into a complete star in the National Football League last year. He can just he does everything well. He pass blocks. He runs out of the backfield. He catches out of the backfield. He, it's everything you want in a running back, and that's what we're going to in today's NFL. The versatile running back is everything, especially in fantasy. If you're in a PPR league, Alvin Kamara is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, going to Michael Thomas, as Aaron said, only had five touchdowns last year. Yeah, five touchdowns after still, coming off of, I think, eight his rookie year. And was still a top ten receiver. So if his touchdowns regress to where they probably should be for a num- for Drew Brees' number one target, he's going to be at least a top five receiver, maybe top three. He's he's going to be awesome. Uh, they still have Mark Ingram, as we say, coming back off suspension. So if you get him in a discounted rate in the later rounds, I still think he'll have value as – uh, as a vital piece of this New Orleans offense, as Aaron said, he's still going to get goal line touches when he comes back. So uh, I think he'll be similar to what Latavius Murray will be in Minnesota. As I, I can be, definitely see he'll that. He'll be that goal line guy, comparison. and he's going to provide good value in standard leagues for you in the later rounds. But uh, as Aaron said, Drew Brees didn't attempt many passes last year, and that was because they ran the ball so efficiently. Um, now, being that they don't have Ingram for the first four games, you may see a spike in Brees for the first little bit of the season and if that occurs Ingram comes back looks like himself maybe that would be a time to sell high on Breeze and to see if they would maybe revert back to the rushing team they were during last year but any any Saints player this year I'm perfectly fine with uh, I drafted Michael Thomas in the in the last fantasy draft I did in the second round and I look forward to see what what he's going to provide yeah and I, I love I love Kamara as a player uh, I, I mean, you look at his yards per carry last year, well, it, yards per carry average of six. I don't look look for that to be repeatable again. Yeah, that would be Jamal Charles-esque. Yeah, that is Jamal Charles-esque. Uh, and honestly, he kind of reminds me in a way of, of a Jamal Charles, but more of a more of a slashing body style and I, I think more of a, a, a bigger back than yeah, what Charles is. I think he's is. a little more powerful than Charles, maybe mm-hmm. not as much straight line speed. But I, but I do see a lot of like in that acceleration that uh, him and Charles oh, have. Absolutely. Okay, so you mentioned the discounted rate for uh, for Ingram after missing four games with a suspension. How discounted are we talking? Like, what round are we thinking that this is? Okay, so give me a round that you would think would be a reach. Give me a round that you would think solid, and give me a round that you would think absolute steal. Um, a reach for me is going to be anything before the sixth round. So if you, I think as of right now, he's ranked around in the 50s or 60s on your player rankings so you're going to want to be targeting him more toward sixth seventh round in that in that area okay uh i I would agree with elliot i I think that if you would draft ingram if you have a solid uh plan around him i think you can make it work i mean running backs in fantasy you want running backs on good teams Mm -hmm. you can check the box on that one he's you know he's had uh, good production in the past coming off a career year um, and definitely in standard leagues, as Elliot had alluded to, I mean, a guy who is going to be heavily involved in this offense, he's going to be the preferred goal line back once he's back from his suspension. Uh, and I, I think he's at least got a very, um, I, I think a very high floor every week. A guy who I, I think is a pretty safe bet to score a touchdown any week. Yeah. Just because of I, I, the Saints offense is going to be so explosive that they will be late in the game, running out the clock. And I think it, you know, even uh, if, you know, Ingram being in a career year, or not, or contract year, I mean, being in a contract year, late in the game, they might look to give more uh, more carries to Ingram just to keep Kamara fresh for the uh, stretch run for the playoffs. One more thing I'll add. We see it every year. Running backs get hurt. 
if something would happen to Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram comes back after four games with fresh legs, he's going to be a stud, instant running back one. So as we've seen throughout Ingram's career, he can also catch out of the backfield. So if that would happen, I, heaven forbid, I hope it doesn't because I have <laughs> Alvin Kamara. But if that happens, you're looking at a steal then at, I think at wherever be, you draft. I, I think yeah. he would be a top five running back yeah. if Kamara would go down. Absolutely. Okay. So. One more question for you guys. Okay, say the Saints run up against a team, and, and they're going to do so, going to do so this year, that they run up against a uh, shutdown corner. Okay, and that shutdown shutdown corner is going to come over and defend Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Who's their primary guy that you look to catch more passes out of? Is it still Kamara um, to to catch the bulk of the passes out of the backfield, or or do you find uh, maybe their number two receiver to be um, someone of of decent value? Um, as Aaron touched on Cameron Meredith, who played last played for the Bears. Now, he did have a bad knee injury at the end of last year, so, but if he comes back healthy, he is the prototypical Drew Brees, number two receiver target. Like He's going to love that guy if he comes back healthy. He can stretch the field vertically. Mm-hmm. He can he can score in the red zone. He's also a chain mover. He's just a really solid number two receiver. Um, with Drew Brees, it's kind of like how Brady or Manning was. It could be anybody week to week, but Cameron Meredith is the guy I would look to target later in your draft. Do they have a tight end? I mean, it's I still know. Ben Watson, who's ben Watson, thirty-seven, yeah. but, but he's I mean, solid. He's he's solid, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think he's a guy that um, it, I'm sure with uh, age and everything. Yeah. I know that he might not play a whole lot of snaps, but he'll be trustworthy uh, to Breeze, and I, I think as a guy that Breeze would look to uh, on key downs. But I, I think Elliot has talked about Meredith, and I think Meredith will have uh, definitely have a big role in this offense as Breeze number two. But as I was talking about Thomas, Thomas plays in the slot a lot, and a lot of these island corners, like a lot of these shutdown guys, some some of them don't follow the, mm-hmm. these uh, number one receivers into the slot, and or a lot of them just don't play as well uh, defending slot receivers and. Uh, I, I just think that uh, Thomas will definitely still be looked to a lot, even against a shutdown corner. But uh, I think Kamara would definitely be uh, the beneficiary of a lot of uh, short targets out yeah. of the backfield. Absolutely. Especially looking at the schedule, they play teams like the Rams and the Vikings and the Steelers. Who and as we said, corners. with all three of those teams, they have that shutdown corner. But we also touched on their weakness would be the linebacking core where you can attack them with receiving backs. So that's where I think Kamara would step in. Yeah, and maybe also also the tight end. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely against the Steelers. The Steelers cannot <laughs> defend the tight end. There you go, folks. So if you have somebody going up against the Steelers for tight ends, consider and give them, consider giving them a play. David and Joku, twenty fantasy points first week. Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. That's tough. With the Cleveland Browns too, that didn't uh, didn't equate to a win. I can tell you that right now with total confidence. Uh, but that'll do it for the Saints. We'll be right back after a short little break. We'll bring up the. Uh, I guess we'll go to the Atlanta Falcons this time around. What you do, girl? Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey, that's right. Back here on nine to five. A little shout out to Ti, the Atlanta rapper. So we'll head on into the Atlanta Falcons here. Um, not a lot of secrets about the Atlanta Falcons after uh, having a little bit of a hangover, I guess we could say, last year. They were decent. They were a decent team, but they weren't quite as dominant as they were um, in their Super Bowl run the year prior to that, um, even when they fell short against uh, the Patriots, giving up the what has now become a famous score, 28-3 to <laughs> lead in the uh, second half of the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Um, ha. ha. 
Yeah. Ha. Very funny. Uh, <laughs> last year, there were a lot of people, including myself, uh, that bet pretty highly on the uh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons in their fantasy draft. I had, um, in one league, I know I had Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones. Ooh. Yeah. Went all in. Yeah. There. Went all in in one league, and uh, that is also why I was out of a lot of money in that uh, <laughs> And that one, I was actually, I think, the last place team. Um, anyway, Atlanta Falcons trying to get back into things. Um, not much has changed. They did have the whole debacle with Julio Jones. He is back in camp now, correct? Yes. Yeah, he's back with the Atlanta Falcons. He's back playing. Um, so not a lot of drama there to deal with. They gave anymore. him a little, little boost to his salary. A little boost? Yeah. Probably not the one he wanted, no. but but we'll see. Especially, I'll be surprised if he doesn't reconsider after, after Odell Beckham's contract yeah. today. Well, I was yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah. So, I didn't even hear about Odell's. He just ain't that con- good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Odell, Odell's okay. was five for 95. Whew, that is. Highest receiver in the league. Highest high. receiver. Well, I mean. I think he probably he's up there. Oh, he's definitely up there. But anyway, back to the Falcons. Um, do we see them rebounding? Do we see them being the team that is um, a possibility to make a run at the Super Bowl like they were two years ago, or do we see them more as a team that uh, they were last year with uh, their struggles in certain areas and aspects? And um, so, what do we see, Aaron? We'll start with you. Uh, I, I think that there is going to be a little bit of positive re- uh, regression coming from this team as a whole. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, uh, losing Kyle Shanahan definitely hurt. Uh, you could tell last year their offense struggled at times. Well, uh, they did hire an alcoholic. He, 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 has had the pa- <laughs> he has had past history of that. But uh, I, I look for the offense. Uh, there are some stories. I hate to interrupt you. There are some stories about him at a banquet at USC. Oh, my God. I bet he's fun to hang out with. Just got hammered at a banquet, yeah. but was the the keynote speaker. I love it. <laughs> he was the keynote speaker. That's, Go ahead, Aaron. That's some barstool shit. That is right some there. barstool stuff right there. Uh, I love it. I, I think with the second year under uh, Steve Sarkeesian, I look for the offense to take a step forward. Uh, maybe not to to the level that the offense was with Shanahan two years ago in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, but I do look for this team to be a dangerous team, a team that can possibly make a run at a wild card uh, wild card appearance and be a tough out <coughs> in the playoffs. Uh, I think. Uh, you had mentioned talent all across the board. Uh, I think Matt Ryan, while I don't think he, I don't think he will ever see that MVP level season as he did two years ago. I do think he's better than what he that what he showed last year. And I think that the weapons around him should help him uh, achieve a better season. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman, one of the best rushing duos in the league. Uh, Julio Jones is a freak of nature. Uh, definitely. Uh, in my opinion, a top three, top four receiver in this league. Uh, other good receiver receiving options with Muhammad Sanu, uh, drafted Calvin Ridley in the first round. Uh, and some talented pieces on defense with Vic Beasley, Desmond Trufant. Uh, they have uh, Duke Riley now, Deion Jones. Keanu uh, Neal. Keanu Neal. Some, some talented pieces. I, I think they have a good, a good coach. Uh, I think they're definitely better off uh, coach now than what they were during the Mike Smith days. <laughs> Uh, He's a loser. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's a loser. Uh, but I, I look for a bounce back. I, I look for them to maybe push the Saints a little bit, but I, I think the Saints are just too talented to to fall victim uh, to this team. They they could maybe steal a game from the Saints, but I, I'm going to say they finish at, I don't know, 9-7. and seven. 
Nine and seven. All right, Robbie. Um, the Falcons. I think they're they're not getting the Super Bowl. That's for definite. Um, I'm trying to think who their biggest opponent would be for a wild card because I think the Packers, Packers. are yeah. a lock for a wild card, and the other team I'm thinking of will make LA happy. Forty um, Nineers. Yeah, I think they could fight. Be fighting with the Forty Nineers for the other wild card because I don't think it's coming out of the East. No, it's not coming out of the. Um, the West, other than the 49ers, and then the North has the Packers or Vikings, but it's probably going to be the Packers. So the, I, the Lions are going to stop too. Yeah, yeah but I, I think those two are going to. The Bears, I worry about Trubisky. I think, I think the, I know the Lions aren't bad, but well, the I think Bears the, are making it because they're going to be 15 and one. Like yeah, that Adam Rank said. said that they were going to be 15 and one, and that is why I think he can play in the road. <laughs> but. <laughs> The Lions, they're a good team, but I think the Vikings and the um, the Packers will just beat up on them enough to keep them out yeah. of it. Yeah, I think so. I'm too. with you on the 49ers, by the well, way, I figured, in case anyone uh, Yeah, wondering. I figured that. I, I, I've got a lot of faith in Shanahan. Um, back to the Falcons. Their defense is it's probably above average. Matt Ryan's not that bad. He, he did go to Boston College, but he's – He's, he's above he average. He was a thorn in our side for years, Robert. Yeah, Yeah, he was. That's, he went to Boston College. Like, when's the last time they won a football game? <laughs> they beat Virginia last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of Virginia, a very underrated aspect of this team. Kurt Binkert. New, newly acquired. The best quarterback NBA prospect quarterback you've, you've never, never heard of. Kurt Binkert replacing Kurt. But whoever that guy NBA was. Backup quarterback. And now you've heard of him and he's not so good. Yeah, whoever, whoever <laughs> that guy was can also join Adam Ranks in playing in the road. He must be FP's brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, if I've learned anything from Madden, it's that Austin Hooper is an all-pro tight end. <laughs> so he should do, do some damage. Um, no. He was really good on the first game of the year last year. I remember he caught like one catch. He had like one catch for 80 yards on the touchdown and had – you know, a huge fantasy day, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, then, and then didn't do anything like yeah. the rest of the year. And that's that's what we call in fantasy football overreaction Monday. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> rushes to the waiver wire and picks up well, someone who had one catch for like seven That's Cole years. Schuler, Philip Philip Humber a few years ago. Yeah, remember yeah. The remember that Sox. name? Yeah. Through the perfect game for the White Sox. Cole had picked him up the next day. Guess what? He was awful the rest <laughs> of his career. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dan Quinn. He's under the Pete Carroll umbrella at the Seahawks. I think he does a good job. He's much better than, have y'all mentioned, uh, Mike, Mike Smith. Smith. Uh, but I think they're – I'm trying to figure out a number of wins for the Falcons. I'm going to say nine because I had the Saints at 11 or so, somewhere in there, 11 or 12. That's about where I had the Saints too. Elliot? Uh, I think we're going to know a lot about the Atlanta Falcons this year after – the first five games. I mean, I, w- I wanted to put in there, I'm going to predict a win week one for them. Pretty by a touchdown. At the Eagles? Yep, at the Eagles. I like that. Thursday night, they're the opening game. Mm. Uh, speaking of that, so they open up at the Eagles, then they play the Panthers, the Saints, then they get the Bengals. But game five, they also play the Steelers. So you got Steelers, Saints, Panthers, Eagles in the first five. So I think these first five are going to be telling for the Atlanta Falcons season. I mean, they have to be ready to go out of the gate. There's no messing around with those games. They're going to have to come out and punch some people in the mouth because you could easily be behind the eight ball early. Somebody's going to have to hit somebody like yeah. Rick Vice said. You might not win it within the first month in the National Football League, but you can sure as hell lose it. And oh, if, if they would start off, uh, well, as we had said. One and four. Yeah, if they would yeah. start off one and four, I'd probably be it. Yeah, you yeah. start off one and four, I think the playoff percentages go to like, it's somewhere under 10. 
It's like eight or nine percent chance you make it, especially yeah. in that division. Because I don't yeah. think really any team in that division is going to be a huge slash. I know Tampa's going to be yeah. back, but the Saints are going to be really tough, and then the Panthers they'll hold their own once James yeah. comes back. I mean, they share they share a mascot too. with Paige. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you guys <laughs> they're always winning by five. <laughs> That's right. You guys touched on it with the Falcons. They've got the stable quarterback. They've got great running backs, great receiving core, uh, very talented players on defense. Uh, the thing, the thing I look for the Falcons is they don't have a lot of turnover. They have they have good continuity within that mm-hmm. organization. There's a lot of the same faces, and that's huge in the National Football League. I think you see the the Patriots, the Steelers. They're always nearly the same team just about every year, and that's that. It's a boat of confidence for the players in that locker room. I think. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I think a lot of the struggles for the Falcons came last year was just the change in offensive philosophy yeah. from Shanahan to Sarkeesian. But as I was saying, I, I think that a, a, a second year under Sark, they mm-hmm. should be better. I don't know if they will ever reach those levels that they had reached uh, during the Super Bowl appearance year, but uh, I look for them to be a lot better. I think they're too talented to, to bust. Yeah, that was my next thing is now they've had a year under his offense, so they should be comfortable with that and should progress. As you said, they should have some positive regression coming, especially in the fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Falcons overall as a whole, I think I think they're a great team. As Robbie said, I think they'll challenge for a wild card. It'll be between them, uh, Pat, help me out here, Packers and 49ers. Maybe another team or two could squeak lines, in there and make some noise. But I think your two favorites are Falcons and Packers. So as far as setting a win total, yeah, I'm looking right around 10 games for the Falcons this year. I think them and the Saints will dominate this division. Really, you don't think it's really going to be close with the Panthers or the? I don't. Uh, I'm lower on the Panthers than a lot of people are this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Here's my question to you guys as well. You know, I'll utter my stuff after I give you this question though. What if they don't? What if we just figure out that Sarkeesian is just not a very good offensive coordinator? Um, That's fair. Or, or they just? I won't even put it on him um, per se. I'll say okay if they struggle. Like they did last year offensively, and they're not that offensive juggernaut that they were two years prior to that. Okay, then, as you said, the continuity has got to point to something, right? It's got yeah. to point to Kyle Shanahan not being there and Sarkeesian just not mm-hmm. getting the job done, correct? So um, is is that at all a possibility that Sarkeesian might just not be a very good offensive coordinator? It could it, be. It, well, it, I think a good comparison is if you look at the Redskins' offense when he left and then look at the Falcons' offense when he left. It's definitely a dip. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, his play, everywhere his he's play gone, he's game. been very good. And oh, now that's why he's he has the coach. best play action game in the league. I definitely yeah. think there's a correlation with all with all of that. Wherever, well, as you said, everywhere that Shanahan get, uh, goes, they succeed. Every, every time he leaves a team, uh, the year after that he's gone, their offense just takes a dramatic step back, no matter how talented they are. And which is why he's a head coach in the NFL right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, and, and he deservedly so. I, th- I think you know, him and McVay. Have definitely shown that you know that the upper uh, upper echelon offensive coordinators, the great minds of this league, uh, as far as calling offensive plays, they deservedly so. They need to be paid uh, to be head coach uh, head coaches because these guys, wherever they go, they win. Mm-hmm. They win. Their offenses produce. Uh, I, I I think that uh, as I was saying, I think the Falcons they they should be better this year. They they should be. I, I think that the talent is there. If it if if they revert back to how they were last year again, if they have a similar season, I think the jobs could be on the line. I don't think Dan Quinn's job is in jeopardy, but I think that uh, Sarkeesian's job could definitely be up for grabs. Mm-hmm. 
and they could start looking for uh, longer term plans uh, at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, really, with those offensive weapons around you, uh, as we mentioned, there's signs have got to point to something, and if that if that happens, I mean, we know that Julio Jones is getting his job done. We know that. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman have do, been doing their jobs as well. So then it all comes back to the quarterback once again. Mm. Um, maybe, you know, after another year of mediocrity or less than mediocrity than the Atlanta Falcons, as you would say, would be looking for a long-term quarterback. And I think they've got one already. And uh, that is the man, Kurt, Ben Kurt. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I'm just kidding. That, that would, yeah. Uh, that would that would hurt to I'm say. That that would crack me up though if he would be oh, a quarterback. Oh, I'd love it. I'd laugh. It's kind of fun um, seeing Grayson Lambert go from UVA to Georgia and just absolutely dominate a really good um, defense. One one game, I can't remember. <laughs> it was like a primetime game, and Grayson Lambert was throwing all over him. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome! Like <laughs> he was so bad for UVA. I don't know how the heck he ended up at Georgia. Uh, he also lost the job and was benched like a few games later because he was just that bad. But um, back to what we were talking about with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, plenty of uh, fantasy options here as well um, with uh, with both the running backs there and, and Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu seems to be a late-round favorite. Um, and uh, so, so they've got some talent. Austin Hooper maybe at tight end. So tell us about some of your favorites, guys, and, uh, and tell us about um, – you know, maybe things to look out for or uh, or things of that nature. Go ahead, Elliot. All right. Uh, okay, so I haven't gotten him yet in a draft this year, but I love, love, love Julio Jones this year. Uh, last year, I think I read a stat the other day that said he converted one of 20 end zone targets last year. Mm. With a guy that physically gifted and talented, he that's not going to happen again. He's, he's going to see a massive spike in touchdowns, and he's – when he's on the field healthy, he's always put up big yardage numbers. So I think you're looking at your definite wide receiver two fantasy-wise this year in Julio Jones. And going to the running game, Devonta Freeman, always a solid, steady option. He's a starting running back, as Aaron said, on a good team. That's what we're looking for here. Tevin Coleman reminds me a lot of your Alvin Kamara's and the modern running back in today's NFL. He's, he can catch, he can run, and he's been my fantasy darling for the last two or three years. Every time I put him in there, the guy produces. Muhammad? Uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. So I have a soft spot for him. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, he's he's a pretty solid receiver. He's not someone I usually target, but he's he's more useful for me in a DFS lineup. I'd rather have him there instead of season long because if they double Julio and all of a sudden Sanu's open one one week, he could get two touchdowns, and that's – that's what you're looking for. I think Calvin really could be a really, really nice uh, DFS play this year as well. Yeah, like, like yeah, really good best, really that. good best ball play. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's going to have spiked weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as far as yeah, just to kind of piggyback and agree with what Ellie just said. I mean, Julio Jones. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that he has maybe the. I think it's like the one of the easiest uh, receiving schedules this year. I think oh, it's like really? thirty easiest. Uh, there's definite definite positive uh, touchdown regression there. I think he had three or four touchdowns I last year. I think it was year. only three. And that again, as Elliot said, a guy that gifted, big, fast, strong, uh, to only score three touchdowns in a season, it's not going to happen again. He's not going to go one of twenty again in red zone attempts. 
Uh, I mean, he still finished as I know in standard leagues finished number four last year in fantasy points, and that was with him having weeks where he was putting up maybe like one, yeah. two. But he had like huge monster games where he was putting up like two hundred some yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's capable of that at any time, any single game. And you know the target share is going to be there. I know like Sanu is a he's a solid, uh, reliable option. And I think that you know uh, there are going to be some targets there for Calvin Ridley. But Julio Jones is the man. That is who the offense goes through. Um, yeah. So I, I think that he's he's going to dominate the target share. I, I really love Julio this year. I think that he he could definitely you know challenge Antonio Brown as top fantasy receiver this year uh, with you know with the target share that I'm expecting. Uh, and I think the touchdown regression will be there, uh, positive regression anyway. Uh, I we had, we were talking about uh, drafts uh, in one of our drafts the other night. Uh, I happened to grab Devonta Freeman. Uh, I I really like him as a bounce back candidate this year. Um, his rookie year, uh, we saw or the second year we saw him finish his number second year. We saw him finish as number one in fantasy. Uh, following year, finished number six. Uh, again, both of those years with, with Shanahan. Last year, he went back to number twelve, but that was with him missing a couple games for uh, a couple concussions he had, as well as a uh, knee injury that he uh, that bothered him for most of the year. But they said he's one hundred percent healthy. Uh, I look for them, you know, to use him early and often. Uh, they have a really good offensive line. Again, continuity on that line. Uh, I think Tevin Coleman, a guy that uh, you had stated with Kamara, I think if, uh, if Devonta Freeman would go down for whatever reason, oh, uh, Tevin Coleman would explode yeah. in fantasy circles. Yes. And I, I think it's somebody at a mid-round target that I absolutely love. I think if you, if you draft Freeman, you need to try to get uh, Tevin Coleman as well. I wasn't able to do that. I'm still trying to, to make that work. <laughs> um, but I, I really like Freeman. I mean, if you watch the guy run, he's he's such a small dude. Five, I mean, eight. he's like five he's five powerful, eight. Man. Powerful runs so hard. I love watching him run. He reminds me of a smaller Marshawn. I I would agree with that. I do see a lot of Marshawn in him. And uh, I mean, if the Falcons would have kept running the ball uh, or just kept committing to the run in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, they'd be you know had holding a Lombardi Trophy. We'd be talking about the Patriots coming off. Two back-to-back uh, Super Bowl losses. We'll be probably talking about him as MVP of the Super Bowl. As well. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, just one more player I kind of want to touch on. I, you know, you had talked. I know you got burned by Matt Ryan last year in fantasy, um, but I, I know ESPN rankings. I'm looking at a sheet here. Uh, he is number. He's too far down. He's I'll number. He's number twelve. On this list, it was an ESPN list. Um, you think he's a top ten quarterback? I do. I, I think he has the upside to be that, and a little, a little bit more. I think he has the upside to be that, but Matt I Ryan. also think he's. Uh, I think that is a pro. I, I don't think I, I would not. I would not draft him to I'm be not, my starter. I know starter. he had a bad year last year, but like we're saying, if Julio regresses or regresses to the mean and touchdowns, positive reg- regresses. That is, Matt Ryan's thrown in the ball, so he's going to have to as well. So, okay. So, I, are you talking about top ten quarterback, as in? Um, just if you were to rank them right now, or are you talking about top ten fantasy wise? Are you still in the fantasy realm? Oh, we're still, oh, still fantasy in fantasy realm. Still in yeah, fantasy yeah. realm? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's different then, because I was about to say there are some guys on here um oh, no, no, no. That, not, that I would not put him in front of. No, I'm not talking real life. I'm talking I think it's a really good fantasy bounce back here for the Falcons as a whole and Matt Ryan's gonna be Matt Ryan Julio Jones will be at the head of that charge. Okay. So, I think he has to bounce back for the team to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, you just look at that and you're like, Matt Ryan in fantasy should not be that low. It just seems like a bargain. He's, I think he's kind of like, 
a less extreme version of Big Ben, where he'll put up some big leaks. Yeah. I could see. Well, I saw last year he didn't have a single game with three or more touchdowns. Yeah, it was last miserable. Mm-hmm. It was miserable. A big Ben will throw you. If I needed twenty-four points, usually every year or at least once. Yeah, if I needed twenty-four points out of my five interceptions, no, he'll have his five interceptions, yeah. but he'll he'll give you a fifty-pointer every year. Yeah, at least so one. Matt Ryan, I love Julio Jones. I love. never got that last year, by the way. The running situation is, I think, they're appropriately priced where they're being drafted, and then. Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley, I think they're going to be much, much better real life impacts than fantasy impacts. And okay. as as me and Aaron said, DFS is where you would want to target them. Okay. Um, forgot to do this really quickly. Uh, we all had the Saints winning the division. Where do we have the Falcons uh, finishing? Elliot, easily second. I'm going to say second. Yeah, I had second with like nine wins. I'm saying third. Um, I think. Oh. Yeah, I'm saying third. I'm I'm going to take the Panthers at second, and uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but. Uh, Maybe it's because of a little bit of bias of, of how bad they burned me last year <laughs> yeah. and how bad they were. Because I had Matt Ryan in two out of the three leagues that I participated in last year, and it was just not fun to watch. Um, also, you would think that that would make me a little bit lower on Marcus Mariota because I also had him in two out of the three leagues, and he was also crap. Uh, but anyway, um, I think Matt Ryan just continues to show his mediocrity, and I think uh, – I think this is a big breakout year for Cam Newton, too. Um, we'll talk about that here in a little bit when we discuss the Carolina Panthers. We'll be right back on 9 to 5. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like. Boy, what a great call there from Aaron to go with this song coming back into this uh, segment of the Carolina Panthers. Can't go wrong with James Taylor. Just a beautiful, beautiful voice. Yeah, uh, I think he is from Boston. So oh, here we go. All right. <laughs> Who got swept by the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend? And we're yeah. on to the Camp of La- Carolina Panthers. Yeah, you can't say nothing about that big boy. Other yeah, than that, can... they're the best team in the league. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear no, it. We can talk about that later. I was just going to express my disappointment. Yeah, but. yeah. We'll talk about it later in, in uh, one minute, Julep. Um, Especially since we don't have the roast of Mercer going this week, we'll be able to talk about more subjects um, going around the sports world. But uh, back to the Carolina Panthers, as we were talking about. Um, a lot of things happening this offseason for the Carolina Panthers. They picked up C.J. Uh, Anderson from the Broncos, who I think could end up being a solid um, pickup. I don't see C.J. McCaff- um, Christian McCaffrey being uh, really the feature back, to be honest with you. You know, like, I, I just – I see him more as a pass catching back. I see him more as one of those little scat backs, um, but a solid one at that, a very good one at that. Um, Cam got called out this year by one of his um, former teammates in Kelvin Benjamin, and uh, did you see that little conference? Yes, I thought game? that was awesome. Cam <laughs> went up and just wanted to have a discussion with him. Thomas Davis tried to get in there and, you know, like make light of the entire situation, and Cam said, "No, no, no, we're talking here. We're talking." Um, I enjoyed that. Um, Carolina Panthers, guys. Uh, I know, as we mentioned right beforehand, I'm a little bit higher on these guys than a lot of you guys are, especially Robbie. I think Robbie has the lowest take. So we'll go with um, Robbie, then Elliot, because Elliot is also extremely low. Uh, Then we'll go Aaron. I'm not sure how low he is. And then we'll go with me, the idiot who decided to take him second. All right, Robbie, how do you feel about the Carolina Panthers? Um, the only positive thing is that they share a logo with the the Page Panthers, but and they're winning by five every night. That's true. Um, they won by sixty five the first night. 
saw Okay. Time out. We're going to talk about the Page Panthers real quick. 65-point victory over Rappahannock. How bad must Rappahannock be? You, literally. Literally. Woo. I just said, when somebody showed me that score, I said, all you have to do is just basically stand in the way against Page. I don't know when the last time Just Paige, stand when's in the, the last today's when's the last time they scored sixty five? I in a <laughs> season. <laughs> There's been years, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, like how how bad must Rabahanic be? I they think, have to I be throwing. Four could hang 40 somebody on. said that that was uh, the VSDB, uh, the VSDB um, second oh. team, the Virginia School of the Deaf and Blind. <laughs> I heard that that was that was the uh, second coming of. Would that comment happen to have come from Rabbi Roy Campbell? Yes, oh, yes it was. Yes it was. It but was the Roy sad Campbell. thing of that is, is the team that I was on and Aaron was on back. Oh, when we were in the middle team. of an zero and thirty streak. Would beat this page team sixty five to nothing. Absolutely, it's just yeah. the scheduling. It finally we we figured out their biggest kid is like Tristan the Gordon. normal one for us. Kitty's as big as Tristan Gordon. Oh, he's, oh, he's bigger. bigger. Yeah, he's bigger yeah. than Tristan Gordon. Yeah, we were a whole lot bigger team. Yeah, but it was it was all about you know Keith's scheduling. Finally, we're getting <laughs> we're getting Rappahannock on the schedule when we never did back in the day. Which I don't think Rappahannock had a team back then. But we also weren't. Uh, yeah, they did. We weren't scheduling Nelson County like he does now. We weren't scheduling some of those East Hardy. Um, I know that was yeah. I think the win to finally break the streak. I remember playing Clark County on homecoming. Yeah, we used to have Clark County, <laughs> Strasburg. I'm pretty sure we had Riverheads one year. Yeah. It was like fifty something nothing. It was, it was never good. It Never good. Hey, always good to have a Page County caveat. All right. Okay. Go back to those Carolina Panthers. Right. So you said the only positive is that they share that is the logo true. with the Page Panthers. Yeah. Because I'll give a little credit to Ron Rivera. I kind of like him because he has some big balls. Riverboat Ron. Yes, yeah. he will go for it. He has the balls that Jason Garrett has lost. <laughs> but Did he um, ever have them? Well, that's true. Could have been born without him. That was my favorite part of the Redskins season just, last year. Maybe they just haven't dropped yet. That was my favorite part of the Redskins season last year. We pulled off a fake punt inside our own 20. That was and, awesome. And I texted Robbie and said, did you see that? He said, yeah, Jay's got some balls. Jay's got more than Jason. But another thing about Jason is there were seven turnovers deep in that game last night, and there's Jason. Clapping. <laughs> Clapping away. But that's besides the point. I'm not high on Cam. I was a big Cam Newton fan in college, and I don't know. Something's changed. He's gotten in the NFL. He thinks he's Jesus. Well, the thing about it is we've seen how a lot of college quarterbacks can be very, very good in, in, in yeah. college, and they just can't translate. I mean, let's run down a list real quick. Sam Bradford was the Heisman winner. Hasn't been – I mean, I don't understand how that guy still continues to get jobs everywhere he goes. Oh, he's paid good. He's been awful. Yeah. yeah, and he's, he gets paid well. He's yep. been yep. awful. Yep. Uh, Johnny Manziel, not good. Canadian football. Cam Newton had a year or two of, of really solid play the and then about, has fallen the off a little bit. Cam. And then uh, Tim Tebow, obviously. It seems to me like Cam – Andy Dalton was really good in college yeah. too. It yeah. seems to me like Cam regresses more and more every year. And I don't get it because he, he has the talent to throw the ball. He's not like a run-heavy quarterback where he has to do it. I think injuries have hampered him a little bit Yeah, too. a little bit. And I – I don't know how great the offensive line is. I don't think they're the best. He kind of runs for his life a little bit, but I think he's the main problem right now. Is until he, and I'm not sure he's been the same ever since that wreck where he flipped his truck on. Flip, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But he's other than him, the Panthers. They've got a good running game. The McCaffrey boy, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run the ball. Their defense is good. You got Keekley and Thomas Davis. 
Um, it's not as good as it used to be with Norman and them, but it's it's, it's good defense. And then you've got – I think it all hinges on Cam, and I just do not see it this year. Okay. Um, also, to touch on one of your points, I don't know if it's been such a regression – or maybe it's just been that he has plateaued, and this is about where gonna he's going to be at. Yeah, you know what I mean? Be because right um, a lot of a lot of people were talking about, you know, when Kelvin Benjamin made that statement about in his rookie year, nobody wanted to go out there in the in the um, Pro Bowl because they didn't want to be thrown into uh, they didn't want to be thrown into coverage like Cam does a lot. And they they all told Steve Smith, they're like, how in the heck are you doing this? Well, and you know, we've seen that he just hasn't gotten better at it is what a lot of these experts are they saying. used to run that heavy panther set and they don't do that as much anymore i don't know if maybe the defensive coordinators around the league are trying to figure him out and they know how to defend him the best and we're seeing what he maybe he hasn't made his adjustment on his end yet right elliot i know you're low i'm certainly low um i understand why people are going to be high on them they say cam newton the running game they think they have a solid defense I'm like Robbie. I've never been a big fan of Cam Newton as an NFL quarterback. College, he was outstanding. I enjoyed watching him every week. Uh, He just, for me, he's never accurate enough with the football. And something about his delivery, I think it throws the receivers off. It it comes out kind of awkward and behind the head, and I think it just throws their timing off a little bit. It doesn't seem as crisp as some of the other quarterbacks. Yeah, it's not up high over the top like others. Yeah. It's it's something a little, little off about it. And then... Uh, Christian McCaffrey I like CJ Anderson he's a nice change of pace more of a thumper kind of back um, their offensive line is going to struggle it's, that's that's going to be Cam's big downfall it's going to possibly be the running game's big downfall if they, mm-hmm. if they can't get a forward push uh, the receiving core is pretty solid they got Funchess they drafted DJ Moore I think he was the first receiver taken this year uh, he was yeah um, Yeah. he just got uh, busted for going I think it was over 100. It was, one, it was like 113 and a 65. Wow. It was, he beat Jason. Good start there, He bud. beat Jason Worth on the speedometer. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, they still have Greg Olson, awesome tight end. But the the big reason I'm down on the Panthers this year, yes, they have Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Shaq, Tom, Shaq Thompson. But the big problem for me with the Panthers is their secondary. They... They lost Kirk Coleman, who was their turnover guy, their interception guy. He, did he lead the league in interceptions last year? He may have. And now he's with the Saints. Mm-hmm. So that's an interdivision swap there. They lost Norman, of course, a couple of years ago. So their secondary is going to be depleted. And if you have Drew Brees, as we said, Michael Thomas, you have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, you have Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, I think they're going to get torched with the passing game. That's just my opinion. And... This is the wrong division to have a poor secondary. And as we said with the offensive line, if the other teams can run the ball down their throat as well, I don't, I don't, um, if they can't run the ball to keep the other team off the field, I should say, I think it's going to be a long season for the Panthers. Uh, I think I'll lie somewhere in the middle. Uh, I know, Ty, you said you're, you're a little bit higher on the Panthers. Robbie and Elliot are obviously, uh, they've given their takes and they're a little bit lower. I think I lie somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I think that there's some talent there to where I think they could potentially be good, but I, I think that they'll be more so of a average, uh, average team. I think, uh, I think Cam. I'm just gonna say this. I think Cam is gonna be out this year to to prove a lot of people wrong. 
Uh, I think, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, after going to Buffalo, talking a lot of smack about Cam, uh, I, I think that uh, Cam is going to really play with a big chip on his shoulder this year. I think this is one of the better uh, offenses as a whole that he's had in a couple years. Uh, but as Elliot said, the, the defense is an issue. I think that they will be strong against the run. I think they have a good linebacking core. I think they're strong up front with uh, Kwan Short uh, leading that defensive line. But the secondary is an issue. I, I think that, uh, as Elliot said, you know, really good quarterbacks in this division, uh, good receiving options. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's shown in the past several years in in the league. If you cannot defend the pass, you're probably not going to win. And the, the you had talked about the uh, the running game. I really like Christian McCaffrey a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I think the addition to C.J. Anderson is is a big one for this offense because I think and I think obviously I think he brings like kind of a uh, a younger version of Jonathan Stewart to that offense. Yeah. I, I think Stewart had, uh, had kind of you know, been I think his wheels had kind of fallen off a little bit. I think you know that Toppins he had a little bit of Toppins speed and quickness earlier in his career, and he, he didn't have that anymore. Uh, but they, the uh, Panthers lost their best offensive lineman, uh, Andrew Norwell, to the Jaguars. Yep. Uh, their best run-blocking lineman. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I think the town is there on offense to where they could be in some potential shootouts. I know we had t- we had talked about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in in here a few weeks ago about uh, about their defensive woes and you know they could be in for a lot of shootouts and I, I kind of see that with this team. Uh, I think with with all the really good offenses in their division, it, it's just it, it's going to be hard for them to win some of these closer games without a little bit of defensive help. But because the Falcons, they have it; they have a good pass rush. The Saints have it with a good pass rush and a lockdown corner. And really, I mean, we'll get to it in a bit. But I think the uh, the Buccaneers have a really underrated defense. Uh, I, I think the Panthers will have the worst defense in the division, and that's why I think even with I think uh, a uh, above average year from their offense and uh, I think uh, in my opinion I think Cam is is due for a pretty solid year. I think they I think they'll finish 7 and 9. I think they'll finish third. See, and I'm All right, uh, prove us wrong, buddy. Well, I don't know if I can really prove you wrong, but I will say that there are a lot of things that you guys have mentioned in this um you know, in, in kind of defense of the uh the the Panthers uh that I'll go with more strongly. Um the playing with the chip on the shoulder with Cam after the Kelvin Benjamin comments, I think that's going to be a huge factor. I think a lot of times with Cam, we've seen him. He's just been kind of lazy. It's either been lazy or it's just been a I don't really want to be here kind of attitude. Um, I think if he's motivated the entire year, I think we could see a lot of Superman poses. I think we could see a lot of him giving balls to kids. Um as we've mentioned, they've got a younger, stronger C.J. Anderson than what Jonathan Stewart was. And uh, for skill players, you've kept all of the same guys relatively. Um, I, I'm not high at all on Atlanta. As Robbie's you know, not high on Carolina, I'm not high on Atlanta. And I think that is a huge reason why that, too. And, and you know, with C.J. or, um, shoot, uh, uh, Jameis being out for the first, what is it, four or five games? Uh, first three. Three? three? Okay. Three. Speaking of that, I just pulled up their schedule. Without Jameis, they play the Saints, the Eagles, the Steelers. Yeah. Which we had that <laughs> argument on here before. Yeah. Is their three losses regardless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think argument. so too. Um, Jared didn't quite agree. But, but my biggest thing is I just think they handle uh, – I think they handle – 
Uh, Tampa Bay, I think they are good enough to um, play right with Atlanta. And honestly, I think in the Mercedes-Benz um, Superdome, I think they're good enough to win. Or not at Mercedes-Benz Superdome, but in their place, in their – what is it? It's uh, It's owned by the t- – it's one of the – it's like it's a bank, I'm pretty sure. Bank of America. Bank of America. Yeah, yeah. I think they're good enough to win um, over New Orleans at, at home. Um, I think they're good enough to sneak one away. And, Elliot, you talked about it right before we came on here. Got a week out of conference schedule. Um, they, they play, shoot, the NFC East, which is going to be pretty weak this year, to be honest with you, um, as much as a lot of people on this panel would, would like to disagree with and like to um, – you know, it's gonna it's gonna hurt us yeah. uh, with with Rob they, and Jarrett being Cowboys they, fans, and they also and, play the AFC North, which other than the Steelers isn't typically strong. Right, so it's it's a it's a good year for um, for an offensive juggernaut team. I won't call them a juggernaut just yet, but I think with Cam playing better, I think they could become that. Um, but that for me, like even. Even myself sitting here listening to myself, I'm like, wow, I really didn't prove my point all that well. Um, not all that's uh, persuasive. So we'll turn it over to these guys. I've got a fun fact for you. Go ahead. Um, hit, hit, me, hit me with it, Rob. Is it, is it something to, fun is it something to no, further no, 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 deteriorate? No, 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 my... It's just kind of – it'll shed a little light on Cam Newton. But um, I talked to somebody. You talked about him giving balls to kids. Yeah. I talked to somebody who works within the Panthers organization who said that he is paid to do that. Oh boy! Yes, that is a. That I'm is not a saying that that was a big to do that. I'm not even saying I'm that that's saying, like yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know. weren't saying it like he's a great person, but I just wanted to say he is. Maybe that's why he fights so hard when the people take the ball away from him and yeah. <laughs> oh. taken out of his pocket if you take the ball. Oh, all right. Um, so fantasy wise, let's talk about uh, some of the Panthers. Um, we talked about. You know, let's let's try to switch things up here. Uh, we talked about a good defensive team uh, against the run, not mm-hmm. so much against the pass. Um, is is their defensive front and their linebacking court is that good enough to, de- you know, deter you from using a running back against them? I'm I'm not saying a running back one like we're not going to sit a Le'Veon Bell because he's going up against the Carolina Panthers or something like that. But yeah. you know, a, a borderline RB two or maybe. Uh, Maybe it makes you use a wide receiver over a running back in the flex. Is it is it is it that good? I, I certainly think so. I mean, they still have Kwan Short and Dontari Pell up the middle, and then they have Keekley, Shaq Thompson, and Thomas Davis. I think that's a very very strong up the middle group. And I, as I've said, I think that pass defense is going to be so bad that teams are just going to attack that at will. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not going to look to target running backs much at all against them. Okay. Uh, I I would agree. I, I think this is a this is a uh, defense where, uh, especially in DFS, uh, anytime they have a receiver is going up against the Panthers, I, I think that I'm definitely going to exploit those matchups, uh, especially within the division. Uh, I, I think, you know, maybe if, if they were playing the Saints and the Saints mm-hmm. weren't able to establish much on the ground with uh, like a, a Kamara or Ingram if he would be back, I think Michael Thomas would be a great play against that secondary, Cam Meredith, uh, Traquan Smith, mm-hmm. uh, several others. I, I just think that um, it, it, as far as a, a year-long league, uh, it would be, a, I think, a good defense to stream uh, for a good matchup. Uh, potentially Maybe an inexperienced quarterback in, in, or something yeah, like that. A, yeah, a young rookie quarterback uh, or a, a bad passing attack. Uh, I think uh, this could be a really good defense uh, to play against. Uh, I, I think that 
you know, they could be able to pin their ears back and get after this young quarterback and, you know, put up some good fantasy numbers. Uh, but it's probably a defense that I'm staying away from unless uh, the matchup presents itself. Okay. Um, Christian McCaffrey's been taken pretty high in a lot of these drafts this year. I know Jarrett, I think, took him with the first pick. Uh, not not the first round. overall pick, but his, his first pick. Right, yeah. His first pick, which would have been Ten. the last pick of the second round. Yeah, because we did we, we have a keeper league. Yeah, so it would have been the last pick of the second round. Is that um, was that a reach? You think, or do you think Christian McCaffrey's about right there in the in the player ranking of twenty? I don't think it was a reach. Actually, in the draft we did this past Saturday, he went midway through the second round, so he even climbed further. And the guy I trust the most with my where I do most of my fantasy research, actually has moved him into the top 10 of his rankings. Wow. He has him at number 10, Saquon Barkley number 11, if that tells you how much he wow. believes in him this year. Wow, now that's that, huge. That is in uh, half-point PPR, so he believes he's going to catch the ball a lot as well. But he's huge on Christian McCaffrey. He said in the preseason they he touched the ball in the first nine plays one of the there, games. It was their second preseason game. He touched the ball the first nine plays of the game. Well, that's an interesting strategy, too. I mean, if he's going to touch the ball that often, I mean, obviously one of those is bound to break. For well, a, a, a as good we jump. saw, he broke off a huge touchdown run in one of those games yeah. as well. And another thing is he executed his goal line carries, which has always been the concern with a smaller back like mm-hmm. that. So you're going to have Cam Newton take away some of the rushing touchdowns. C.J. Anderson might steal two or three. But Christian McCaffrey's a guy that you want to heavily target this year. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely agree with uh, Elliot on uh, the McCaffrey uh, notion. I, I think that he, that's a pretty appropriate price point for me uh, right there in the second round. I think that, uh, I mean, Norv Turner, the new offensive coordinator for them, had stated that they wanted to make him their workhorse back. Uh, Twenty, He had stated maybe 25 to 30 touches a game. I don't see that. I could see high teens and or low 20s, though, and I think that would still be really fantastic value. Yeah. Uh, as a small guy, I just don't see him. I, know, see, I, I don't see, see like, him lasting as a 25 to 30 carry guy. He might last I, like two years. I see like way. 15 to 18, possibly even 20 carries. But then I think you see like five to seven catches each yeah. game, which again a lot gets of, him close to that twenty-five which, which yeah. touch which range, which is a lot of value. And really, for running backs and fantasy, what you look at more than anything, obviously talent is important, but volume more than anything yes. is a big driving, uh, a big driving focus of why we draft running backs so highly. Because running backs in general are normally going to touch the ball way more in a game than what a receiver will, mm-hmm. and especially a running back on. I think it, you know, we had talked about how, how bad we think the Panthers' offensive line could be. There's, there's a lot of check-down passes to be had right there, especially with Greg Olson coming back from an injury uh, last year yeah. that he may not be fully recovered from. You never Ooh, that know, was a but. point that I wanted to make, too. Greg Olson being um, maybe health, more healthy than he yes. was last year, I think could just propel that offense into being the juggernaut that I you know, kind of hinted at them possibly being if Cam gets it figured out. And Greg Olson is also the reason why I'm not very high on their receivers, as mm-hmm. in like Devin Funches, mm-hmm. DJ Moore. Now, Funches exploded last year, but that was when Olson hurt and they needed a red zone target. So I, I'm really a lot lower on Funches than where he's being drafted at this year. Yeah, I, I like Olson a lot, uh, but there are some things that kind of worry me a little bit. Uh, obviously, even with his injury last year, with him missing, he got hurt in week two, didn't come back till week 11, and had kind of an up-and-down end of the season, had a really big game when he came back, had like over 100 yards and a touchdown. 
but really struggled after that. Uh, I mean, he's 33 years old, coming off of a Jones fracture in his foot, and yeah. they said that with a fracture like that, I mean, it, it's 20% of the time that you're going to need a second surgery. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, uh, but he has proven in the past to be Cam's go-to target, even when they had Benjamin there. He trusts even, even when they had Tag in there. I mean, he, he, he trusts them. Uh, not just uh, in the red zone, but over the middle of the field is his primary target most of the time. Uh, but his his ADP scares me a little bit because he's still being drafted as on these ESPN rankings. He was the number four overall tight end. Yeah. And I I don't like that price point considering again he's coming off of a major injury and he's he's on the wrong side of thirty. But as you had said, Ty, a, a big. Uh, driving force of that Panthers offense, one of Cam's favorite targets, and has been for years. Uh, so, I, I maybe if you could get him in the if you could get him in the sixth or seventh round, I, w- I would be okay with uh, with that price. But uh, anywhere before then, I, I think is a little little too rich for my blood. Yeah, there's many other tight ends below him that I would much rather have this year. So. Pretty sure he slipped in our draft too, in, in big league too. I think he slipped think- quite a quite a bit in that draft. I think. Uh, as I look at the list, I know the top three guys were taken much before him. I'm almost positive Delaney Walker, Jimmy Graham, and Evan Ingram, and Jordan Reed. I took Jordan Reed over Greg Olson. Okay. Um, I know, so, you know, eight out of the nine, or, or I should say seven out of the eight guys that are, you know, there with him in that list were, were taken before him. So mm-hmm. I think he was the eighth tight end off of our board. And I think, if I remember correctly, Robbie, did you get him? Who? Greg Olson. No, I think he had I yeah, I got Zach Ertz. I drafted him for the fifth pick. Okay. Um, Greg Olson. That sounds like a James. He might have. I, I can't remember. I, could, uh, I can't keep, remember. Just keep keep talking. I'll find it. G. Ray right. with uh, the you know the third. Move. I don't think we touched on uh, seven Florker. I don't think we touched on Cam fantasy wise. Yeah. Uh, he's being drafted right now as the third quarterback. That's a little bit rich for my blood. As I said, I've never been a huge fan of him. Especially as throwing the ball, but he does he does provide that rushing upside. He's always going to score on the ground. Yeah. And as we said, if the offensive line is poor, then he may be scrambling a bit more and breaking off those chunk runs, which right. provides him a fantasy boost. So yeah. I'm never going to fault you for taking Cam Newton. He's just probably not going to end up on my team. Yeah. Uh, uh, the draft we had in Austin's league the other night, he did end up on my team. I was able to snag him late, which he I, fell a lot. Yeah. In that yeah. I mean, there were several quarterbacks uh, that were ranked. Several spots lower than him uh, that Me were drafted over him. It, hey, I can't blame you there. You got to draft your man crush. I, I definitely feel <laughs> you there. Uh, but uh, I, I was able to grab Cam, I believe, in the eighth round. Uh, I thought that was fantastic value at that point. You touched on the, touched on the rushing upside. I think that he again he's going to play on a, uh, with a chip on his shoulder this year. This is going to be one of the better offenses that he's had. The line is suspect, but I think he's going to be able to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, I think even though uh, I, you know, you and I both like McCaffrey a lot, I think that uh, Cam might still be the preferred red zone option for that offense. Yeah. Uh, in like for uh, goal line runs, um, I I know you had touched on what was it Raybon or uh, Silva that you had seen with uh, McCaffrey. Uh, it was uh, it was Silva. It was Silva. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, one of the uh, one podcast that I listen to a lot is uh, the Fantasy Footballers, and I I really enjoy uh, listening to their show and uh, reading some of the articles they put up. But they uh, released the past several years uh, a My Guy episode 
where uh, each one of each one of the three panelists pick uh, three guys that you know they're really trying hard to get on their team, and one of them had touched on Cam Newton and said you know at a at a value it is a player that I mean Cam has been a top five quarterback seven of the years he's played in the league. And you, Robbie, you had talked about uh, Roethlisberger being able to put up those fifty-point games. I think Cam with the rushing upside, Cam can win you weeks by himself yeah. if, if he goes off. And I, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted him on my team, especially at that value with the upside that he pre- uh, presents on a weekly basis. I really, really like. You know, that I'm not sure why I dislike the guy so much. The only fantasy football championship I ever won, Cam Newton was my was quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to I me. hit the nail on the head too with James. What was James? Yeah, that's just got James written all over. Nice, <laughs> nicely done, Robbie. I'm sure James will have quite a few things to say about that when uh, he's listening to this. James loves listening to it as he's driving down the road in the Jeep or um, whatever it may be. So shout out to you, James. Uh, glad to have you on for the AFC West, too. That was fun. We tried to get you back on, but, you know, work duty calls, I guess. Um, but we'll at least be back. that's what they tell us we're doing. Yeah, at least that's what they tell us you're doing. As Ricky Seal would say, he said no. He said, check that boy for a little bit of lying. He says he ain't working that often. Duty could easily be confused with another word. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I got a funny story about that. Uh, We'll save that funny story for after this. Uh, We're going to take a little break and come back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. joke within the friends group here uh at uh we're going on to tampa bay and one of the things i always told you know the guys here on the panel that uh, always associate associate with tampa is uh is that song there return to innocence by enigma um that the reason for that being it was one of Jarrett's favorite songs when y'all went down to tampa and then of course the story arose from from their senior trip type thing um that Jarrett went up to make some bacon and uh you know ended up putting the room on fire i'll just say you couldn't the smoke was coming out of there the smoke was so thick in the room you could not see the other side i i robbie told me to go check on him i opened the door i look in the kitchen all i see is smoke i can't keep in mind this kitchen isn't 10 feet wide i can't see jared on the other side of the kitchen and jared says help (laughs) we were calling for company 24 oh boy I don't believe they would have heard you from there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jarrett. Had to do it, brother, but I know you'll enjoy it anyway. Uh, so let's uh, let's get on with it. Um, we're going to do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and after that we will uh, we'll discuss um, the MVP, the offensive player, defensive player, and, uh, and top rookie in the league, um, or in the conference, I should say. Uh, so with Tampa Bay, uh, another team that – was not very good last year. Let's just let's put it to be very blunt. Uh, and they didn't really have an excuse. They had the same team as they had two years prior, and that was a team that competed for that division. I thought um, that was one. Of, I think that, I'm pretty sure two years ago, Tampa Bay was like Atlanta's top threat, right? To the to yeah, the, they they were a pretty good team there for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Jameis Winston looked like he had things figured out. He looked like he was going to stay out of trouble. Doug Martin was the muscle hamster. Doug, yeah, the muscle hamster uh, was running on his uh, his little wheel there. Um, but, 
you know, things just have not ended up going the way that they had planned in Raymond James. Now, Jameis has gotten in trouble from a prior incident and has missed three. Is going to miss the first three games. Um, we talked about it. We, I don't think that really matters so much. Uh, we that was a good discussion. That was probably one of my favorite discussions we had on this panel, though. Is when Jarrett was here, we said, "Would you rather have?" him miss the first three games of the year or would you ha- rather have him miss you know later on in the year and i don't think we ever got your take on that aaron so let's before we break into it would you rather have well, james missing the, the first I three i don't think i was a part of that either well tom the schedule there well, i know you just you, i know you said well, know those first three the steelers are in there steelers eagles and like falcons i don't think i don't think it matters exactly I think they would have lost all three with them so we say go ahead and take it jared wholeheartedly disagreed he yeah. thought you could steal one of those games with james as quarterback no. And then no, I, I just I don't I don't I think all three of us disagreed, but Jarrett was wholeheartedly against that. Um, yeah. Now that was a good discussion. Part no. of that one. Now where is okay. where is the game between uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa? Week. I think Pittsburgh was in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, they, I'm not. I'm they not should, they shouldn't lose that game. I know Tomlin uh, in his coaching career, he has been known to lose games. Well, it is. It is in Tampa. He is, it's in Tampa. Yeah, okay. and I mean that was the one that we talked he, about. Yeah, Tomlin has, has been known to lose games to teams that he is not supposed to lose to. So, yeah. I, I guess if that's the one he was maybe referring to, I guess I could see it. Yeah. I mean, we did lose uh, to Tampa a couple years ago on a uh, as a overtime touchdown to a guy who they had signed uh, right before the game. <laughs> Love that. I think I remember Love that. that. Anyway, I think uh, we can keep this relatively short, right? I think we all see them as finishing fourth in the division. Yes. Um, it's just a matter of how bad are they going to be. Are they? Are, are we thinking this is a top five in next year's draft type team? Uh, or do we think they're going to make it a little bit further than that? Uh, they're certainly top ten, and they're definitely going to push for top five, I okay. think. Yeah, uh, like we said, they're – Almost 100% likely going to start off 0-3. And, Robbie, you were talking earlier, if you start off 0-3 or 1-4, it's really bad news as far as your uh, rest of the season outlook. I think the coach could get fired this year. I can't think of his name right now. Dirk Cutter. Yeah. Yeah, Dirk Cutter. He was the Falcons coordinator before Shanahan came, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, uh, with the Buccaneers, their offense, once Jameis comes back, should be a threat. They've still got Mike Evans. They've got Deshaun Jackson. They've also got Chris Godwin, who's looked very good in preseason. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, they drafted Ronald Jones, the rookie running back. Apparently, he's not shown well. Peyton Barber's going to start. So, you wasted an early-round pick on a running back, which usually doesn't work out. It does sometimes in case of the Cowboys. but um, maybe, Solid duo of tight ends. Yes, huh. absolutely. They have Cameron Brait, who's just been steady as they come. And then you've got the upside down the field stretcher in O.J. Howard. So, this this is a very good offense, and they're going to need that because when you go to the to the other side of the ball with the Buccaneers, as me and Aaron were talking about, they have a very stout front seven. Still have Gerald McCoy, added Bo Allen, Vinny Curry, drafted Vita Vea. Still have Quan Alexander. Jason Pierre-Paul now, Levante Davis. Also added Jason Pierre-Paul, Kevin Levante Davis. So their front seven is very stout. So it's going to be tough to run the ball against this team. They should be able to get pressure on the quarterback, which could possibly aid – their extreme weakness, which is their secondary, their pass defense. We talked about the Panthers going to have trouble with that. The Buccaneers may have even more trouble because their secondary looks very sketchy. And as we were talking about earlier, 
that that makes me even higher on Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan as far as the passing options in this division. But as far as the Bucks' overall outlook, I have them a maximum of five to six games this year, and I look forward to be closer to four wins. Okay, uh, Robbie, let's go with you. Um, I don't think it's going to be a very good year for him. Uh, Tanner might have a <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tanner. Tanner might have a little rough season here in the NFL, but uh, nah, he's I, used to it. That's true. <laughs> he's also he's also a UVA football fan. Yeah, but his baseball team's playing a little better this year. They are. Braves yeah. are looking good. Yeah. But Jameis Winston gonna be out the first three games. He's the highlight of the team, really, other than Mike um, Mike Evans. Um, it's just him and Mike Evans, I guess. Uh, who they did draft that tight end? Um, OJ Howard. OJ Howard. But they drafted another one, didn't they? Didn't or they, they got somebody. Yeah. Cameron. Tam- yeah. They've got Cameron Bray. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. solid. Yeah. And then they've got OJ Howard. He could develop into something. He's definitely got talent. But as that's I a player I wish was on another team. OJ Howard. I, yeah, I, I think in a different. I with the Cowboys. I think in a different scenario he could be a star. I, I think he. He's Come on, really boys! What, can you even name our tight end? Because I'm Blake Jarwin. Yeah, there you go. I'd rather have Charlie Jarvis. The tight ends. I saw it last night while watching y'all's preseason game. Your tight ends on your roster have nine career catches. There you go. <laughs> Nah. Starting fresh. Well, you got fresh we bodies. We did learn something last night that Mike White just throws the prettiest ball there ever was. Mm-hmm. According to Chris. <laughs> Not Chris Mercer, Chris Collinsworth. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> 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 Not just Jordan tonight. Yeah. Chris getting a shot in there. I just don't I don't see much. I don't even want to talk about them because they're not a good football team. Um, just three, four wins. Knocking on the door of the top of the draft. Yeah, they're going to be poor. Aaron? It, it pains me to see how far this team has fallen over the past couple of years because I think that there is some talent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about a couple of years ago is this team being a you know sneaky playoff team for several years in a row. Um, but, uh, you know, you had alluded to James Winston, uh, can't really stay out of trouble. Um Speaking of that, that's another thing I want to say on this team. You see the good teams. They're smart football teams. They don't make mistakes. They do things the right way. They stay out of trouble. Jameis Winston is always in trouble. Mike Evans wants to fight people. I mean, this team just needs some discipline. And to me, that points back on the head coach. I would agree. I would agree with that. And I think that, you know, you they got weapons all around on offense with Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. You talked about the – the tight end combo of Brait and uh, Howard to Sean Jackson. Really good up front on the front seven. Uh, but I think that more than likely they're going to start 0-3 uh, with Fitzpatrick at the helm. They were probably going to start 0-3 anyway with uh, Winston. Doesn't help that they're in a pretty competitive division uh, for the most part, especially you know div- division with pro- three proven quarterbacks on the other teams. Um, I think even when Jameis gets back, I think they're going to struggle. As I was saying, it's, it's a shame because this team does have uh, some talent to where I think if, if they were in a better situation, had maybe a uh, – I, I think their biggest – their three biggest problems to me are their secondary, uh, their uh, offensive line, mm-hmm. and to me it's quarterback because I I might be in the minority here. I don't think Jameis Winston is that good. That, that, should, that might just be me on the panel, but I don't 
think he is that good of a quarterback. Yeah, I wasn't totally sold on him coming out as a surefire thing, the way most people anointed him as. I don't. But, I don't think he's. You know, we talked about this with Mariota too on a few weeks back about. You know, and I think Jordan said something about he's been he's been good or something like that. And I said not for the price that the Tennessee Titans got him at it, and that yeah, was at I two, right? And then Jameis went one. Jameis mm. went one. I, I think I think both of them have kind of both dis- of them have been disappointments. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I don't think that's too far of a stretch to say. I, don't think I think so. they've both been average to even below average. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's uh, I, I'm on the same track as you. I won't beat a dead horse here. I, yeah, but I guess the the just. <laughs> To predict a record, I think they have enough playmakers on offense and a good solid front seven on defense to where I, I think that even if I don't see them slipping into the top five picks of the draft because the the teams in front of them that are probably going to win those spots are, are really just bad, <laughs> yeah, and like don't have a shot, don't have nearly the talent that the Bucks do. Yeah, I I, I think the Bucks. I, I'm gonna say they win six. I'm gonna say okay. they go six and ten. Okay. I, I just think that they have enough talent to at yeah. least do that. They're one of those teams that has that talent that could steal a win from like a, a surprise. Yeah, I, I think that, you know they'll uh, they'll play upset to a couple people. I, I think that um, they'll they'll be a spoiler team late in the year. I mean, mm-hmm. the teams like trying to clinch a playoff spot. I think again, I think they have enough offensive talent to where they could give some teams some games, but. Uh, uh, as I was saying, offensive line, uh, secondary, and quarterback, I think that's what holds this team back from you know, from being a good competitive team. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, I'm not even going to utter a response after that one. Uh, I just – like, I'm on, I'm on with the rest of the crew. I don't think they're going to be very good. I think they've got um, a couple good pieces that we can talk about in fantasy-wise. But uh, other than that, uh, not going to be a good year for those Buccaneers down in Raymond James Stadium. So uh, – Cool stadium though. Got a, a Buccaneer ship. Yeah, they got a Buccaneer ship that shoots cannons when they score touchdowns. Like playing there on Madden. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place to play. Uh, it, pretty sure it, it used to be the site for the ACC football championship too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't think it is that way anymore, right? No, it is. Where is it now, Robbie? Is it in Miami? Charlotte. Charlotte. Uh, that okay. is where the Steelers won their last Super Bowl. Hey, how about? I went there to watch Virginia Tech. I went to Charlotte to watch Virginia Tech get beat by Clemson. Oh, uh, like 30. So well, you should have known that. Anyway, sure it was a game that. at halftime. Oh, I mean, I think Tech might even have been winning. And I'll tell you, you know this, how many times you, you know, know how many times funny? Virginia has been in a game at halftime, Robbie. <laughs> don't give me halftime. Don't I mean, give me that. You know what's funny? I mean, they're physically there. I mean, there, half but... I mean, time. I mean, Tech was either tied or up at halftime. Half time. I left before the end of the third quarter. Half time. That's how bad it got. Oh, I can tell you, two years ago, we were watching Richmond at, at home at UVA, and it was at the end of the third quarter. They had the ball, it was like third and 20 on their other end of the field. Jared said, one more big play, I think we're leaving. The screen pass goes all the way down to the five. He said, get up, <laughs> we're going. I was, at, <laughs> I was in Tappahannock when that happened. I was on my phone. will be there Wednesday. I was on my phone watching the game, and I was like, Jared's there. Yep. Watching that. And uh, with all that, we can get you all pumped up for college football starting Saturday. I think Aaron's going. Aren't you, Aaron? I'm yeah. You, you and Jared are going to go watch a little bit of UVA football. I, I can't stay away. <laughs> they got Richmond again, don't they? It, it, they do. It's Richmond. It's my, oh. it's my sickness. But I don't know if there's no deja vu there. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, 
Supposed to have some quarterback, Paul Perkins, or not Paul Perkins, but Perkins, Bryce. Bryce Perkins, yeah. Um, Paul Perkins is the running back for the New York Giants last year for a little bit, I think. Correct. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Who so wasn't let's, let's move running on to... back for the Giants yeah. last year? Uh, me. Uh, well, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I was did, not. I did not receive I'm a call. I'm still waiting uh, for that veteran's minimum check. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, just just one. Just one check. That's like all I need. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all You know what I mean? All right, uh, let's go on fantasy-wise. Let's talk about Mike Evans. Let's talk about... Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, possibly. Let's talk about uh, really who's going to get their top uh, top carries. Top top. Uh, I don't know who's going to who's going to get the bulk of it. It's still not a very fun team to talk about. I don't think. Okay, so we talked about the Fal- some of the pieces on the Falcons and Saints being better real life pieces than they are fantasy pieces. I think you can reverse the roles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hmm. Uh, I actually think this is going to be an exciting team for fantasy. Simply because it's similar to the Chiefs. I think their defense is going to give it up, so they're going to have to score it right back. And as we've said, their running game doesn't look to be strong because they don't know really who's running the ball and their offensive line is weak. Whereas when Jameis comes back, they have a bona fide receiving core that I think they will utilize heavily and that they're going to, they're simply going to be forced to throw the ball. So Mike Evans, Jameis Winston... Uh, Deshaun Jackson maybe, but the guy I'd rather have is Chris Godwin, who is going to be the second-year player. Um, he's looked really good in camp. If if teams start doubling Mike Evans, Chris Godwin's going to be on the other, other side to take advantage of that. Um, Deshaun Jackson apparently has actually been playing in the slot a bit more this year to allow Godwin to get on. You know, with his field. body type, that makes a lot of sense to me. It does. I, you know, one of those smaller guys, pretty fast. You know, I don't know how quick he is, but yeah, you know, top end speed is quick. Yeah, that was that's what I was going to say. The only thing is his biggest threat was the vertical deep ball, right, and I right. don't know how much he'll do that out of the slot. But well, you can do the flexed. Uh, what's that play on Madden where you got the in and then you got the flex run or the um, not the flex but the, the seam um, the seam yeah 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 <laughs> yeah he runs the seam that's a good play Robbie yes, good zone beater yeah. yeah. well it'd be a good play to have him in there too because especially if you get him matched up with maybe like a I don't know a pretty Norman. Okay, okay, <laughs> no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. No, we're not going to go there. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, that was mean. Yeah, that was a little mean, that was a little cheap shot. Anyway, back to you, Elliot. Okay, so that was Pey- apparently Peyton Barber is going to be the starting running back. As we said, opportunity and fantasy is what you're wanting. So later rounds, he's a good guy to target if he's going to start. Where's he out of? Even if it, I'm not sure where he went to college, but I'm not sure. That, that is a good. Question. I mean, that goes to show. You, me and Aaron know these people as well as anybody, and if we don't know where he went, he's probably not very talented. So. Mm-hmm. This is solely on opportunity, is Peyton Barber. They drafted Ronald Jones out of USC. Apparently he's having trouble catching the ball and having trouble pass blocking. But, uh, yeah, so I'm staying completely away from the backfield unless Bar- I get Barber late at, at just a bargain bin price. But you're uh, as far as with Barber, you're not going to find a cheaper starting running back in fantasy true. football. True, I mean, true. you're going to find you're going to get him in the 10th round or later. Yeah. Yeah, you can't complain about the price. So, um, But as I said before, I just drafted Mike Evans in our last draft in the, I believe it was the third round. Third round. And, uh, Which I'm, I, I'm good value ha- for him. I'm pretty happy with that pick. And uh, Chris Godwin, again, I like him as a late-round flyer. I think he could end up pushing for a wide receiver three status this year. Uh, I, I would agree with Elliot uh, on Evans. Uh, I, I think that uh, – I, I, I wouldn't draft him as in the upper echelon of receivers – with uh, definitely not with the uh, the Beckhams and the Browns and Julio Joneses of the world. Uh, I mean, 
Evans is kind of disappointing to me because I know I was really high on him last year, as I know a lot of people were, and uh, was a second-round draft pick for a lot of people. And uh, really disappointed. I mean, he finished with over a thousand yards last season, but uh, touchdown touchdowns had regressed a bit. Um, went back into single digits. His catch rate was really poor. Um, he still finished around 20 or so at, uh, for a fantasy wide receiver, which isn't bad. I mean, he, he was still startable, uh, but he wasn't putting up those uh, gaudy numbers that he had uh, in his earlier seasons. Uh, Elliot had talked about uh, Peyton Barber again. You're not going to find a cheaper starting running back uh, at that time than what you will with Barber. You're going to get him in the double-digit rounds. Uh, somebody, you know, based on the matchup, say, say if you drafted like Mark Ingram or, or somebody – uh, that you're worried about uh, suspension or, or possible injury or say if they get banged up uh, in preseason or in camp. I mean, he's somebody, if, if he's out there, I mean, if you've already drafted and he's out there, uh, if he's fr- uh, floating around your leagues, I mean, that's a day one starter for you that you could plug into your lineup. Probably a fun DFS guy, right? Yeah, I, I think I think definitely could be uh, based on the matchup. But uh, Elliot talked about Ronald Jones. Again, really high upside. He struggled in camp. But uh, I think with him... Uh, guys, guys like him, Rashad Penny, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, guys like that. Who I think th- the upside is not going to be there early in the season. I think that you know Chris Carson is the guy in Seattle right now. Uh, Peyton Barber has been named the guy in Tampa Bay, uh, and Rex Burkhead is all likelihood going to be the lead back in New England with James White getting a lot of the receiving duties, but. All three of these guys are really high draft picks with Michelle and yeah. uh, Rashad Penny being first-round draft picks and Ronald Jones being a second-round pick. So I think these are guys that if they're floating around in your league about midpoint of the season, look, these teams that that they're on, I, I know the, uh, the, Patriots, the Patriots would be a good team, but the Buccaneers late in the season – uh, I mean, if if they're bad, if they're bad and they're not winning, they're going to test out some of these younger guys to see what they have. And I think that's where Jones could uh, really get a lot of opportunity and maybe supplant uh, Barber late in the season. Obviously, he has the upside, or else they wouldn't have taken him in the second round. Uh, again, with uh, with Penny, I think uh, Elliot and I have talked about. Uh, you know, Chris Carson has looked really good in the preseason, but uh, you don't take a running back in the first round unless you plan on using him a lot during the season. That's why I think uh, if any of those guys are floating, especially Ronald Jones, if they're floating around it, uh, on your free agency waiver wire late in the season or about mid midway through the season, if you have the roster space, I would uh, highly recommend taking a flyer on one of those guys. Yeah, you brought up a great point there. All three of those guys are the more talented player, and eventually mm-hmm. if the teams are out of it, they're going to let see what they have in those guys, and I, I think that's a great point. Yeah, all three of them are definitely seeing a lot of uh, slippage uh, in their draft stock as well either due to uh, injury or, or poor play in camp. So I, I think that's why you, you, even if you would end up drafting these guys, you're definitely getting a, a bigger discount now than what you would have, say, uh, two weeks ago if you had an early draft. Absolutely. All right. Well, with all that being said, we will move on to the um, the season uh, superlatives, I guess we can, we can call them. Uh, so I guess we'll start off with the big one. We'll, we'll start off with the MVP of the NFC South. Robbie? You want me to come back to you? No, no, no. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Ooh, all right. And being your MVP. Yep, I think he has a big year. Oh. Robbie. 
That's what I think of your opinion on Michael Thomas, too. Oh, come on. I think man. he's a good offensive player of the year pick. But he's, MVP, I think he come has on. A major. Aaron? I'm going to say Julio Jones. I think he, uh, I think he's the most talented uh, offensive player in this uh, in this division. I think he's going to prove it this year. I don't see the uh, the touchdowns uh, being a like a factor anymore of what's holding him back from these upper echelon of receivers. I, I think he takes a step forward this year. I'm going to say he catches uh, anywhere from eight to twelve touchdowns this year. It makes a huge, huge leap. Okay, Elliot. I'm going to throw it all the way back to my Madden cover franchise starter. My MVP is going to be Drew Brees. Okay. Uh, I nice. look for him to have a big bounce back here. Robbie likes Michael Thomas, so do I. I think the touchdowns swing back a bit more in the passing game this year for the Saints than the rushing game. And Drew Brees is going to be the head of that charge. I'm going to have an unpopular opinion here, but, uh, you know, if I'm picking him second, oh, somebody's God, going to have to have a big year. Me. I'm going to go ahead and pick and him. he's talking about my pick. Cam Newton. Cam Newton is going to be the MVP. That's why they finished second in the division this year. Offensive player of the year, Robbie. Give me Robbie. a fig Newton. Hold, hold, hold on. I didn't know we had Cole Schuler on the show tonight. Uh, I Gosh. hear you. I hear you. At least I did. Well, I, I took my guy with my third pick. So, well, What's the next one? Offensive player of the year, Robbie. I could have doubled up, couldn't I? <laughs> why don't you go ahead and do it? Nah, I ain't going to do that to you. I ain't doing Cam Newton. You know what? This is the last time I go with you first. <laughs> I like the suspense. Uh, we need terrible. Alex Trebek in here. Um, <sighs> Devonta Freeman. Which he has a big year. Because yeah, right. the Falcons, I expect them to be second, unlike you. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. As I was saying, uh, the last five games last year, uh, he out uh, snapped and out touched Mark Ingram. I think you're. Uh, seeing a uh, changing of the guard at uh, at the running back position for the Saints, uh, I look for Kamara to build off of his uh, impressive rookie year. Maybe uh, take a little bit of a step back in production, but I think he's going to make up for that in volume. That's you just made it really tough on me. I'm I'm torn. <sighs> I love Kamara, love him, love him, love him. But let's let's provide a little variety. I'm going to go with Julio Jones as my offensive player of the year. As you said, I think his touchdowns leap forward this year, and I think Kamara's efficiency will drop a bit. So we'll lean the bar toward Julio with that one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Julio as well. I think the biggest thing for me is when you mentioned that he only converted one. Did you say one out, out of his, twenty? Yeah, one out of his twenty in his red zone. That's not going to happen again. Um, so that that's my offensive player of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year, Robbie, go. Lattimore. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to go with Marshawn Lattimore. I, I think that he proved last year that he is one of the uh, very special lockdown corners in this league. And I think with the uh, with the receivers that you see, uh, not just in this division, but in, in the NFC uh, as a whole, I, I think that you know, that's going to be a driving force that is going to help that defense, uh, you know, help maybe pro- propel this team to a Super Bowl run this year. Okay. Okay. Um, being that he has to go up against a lot of these good receivers, yeah, I know he did last year as well, but now that they know what he is, they're going to respect him more and study him more. Uh, so I'm going to drop Lattimore down a peg, and I'm going to go with Vic Beasley as my defensive player of the year. That's a good one. I'm going with Luke Keekley. Okay. Okay. Uh, rookie of the year, Roberto. Do you want to go with one? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'll do um... – I'm going to do Calvin Ridley. I'm going to say he gets the Falcons back to – gives him another weapon to get back to second place. Okay. I'm going to say Marcus Davenport from the Saints. I think that if you trade up uh, – trade a first-round pick up to get a pass rusher, obviously you think he's really special. 
Uh, I think with the Saints um, potentially leading late in games, I think you know they're they're going to want to run the ball and pin their ears back on defense and get after the quarterback. That's why I think Davenport could have a really nice rookie year. I think the easy answer is Davenport here. Um, Alex Okafor, their starting opposite end of Cameron Jordan, actually got hurt this week, so. Uh, the door is open for Marcus Davenport to make a huge impact early and often. And as Aaron said, if the Saints are playing from ahead, they're just going to get after the quarterback. And if they traded up that much, they gave up dra- that much draft capital to, to get him, you would think it would be a quarterback. They're, they're ready player. to win now. They obviously believe yeah. in this guy. So I think Marcus Davenport is the easy answer here. Okay. Well, uh, I would think, I guess I'll make it two and two. I'll go with Calvin Ridley. Um, but after this, we'll, uh, that does it here for the NFC South. Uh, that means we've only got two more divisions. We've got the NFC North with the, uh, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. So that should be a fun one. Uh, and also, uh, we've got uh, the NFC East, all of our favorites. So, uh, except for Aaron. Aaron's kind of the oddball here. Yep. Uh, he's the Steelers <laughs> fan. But um, we'll attempt to uh, – we think we're going to go with the NFC North the next time, but it all depends on when we can really schedule it with Jarrett. When we can get Jarrett in here with us, that's when we really want to do the NFC East. I think that will provide for the most amount of uh, disagreement and, uh, and a little bit of fun thrown in there. So, um, that does it here for the NFC South. We will be right back with the One Minute Julep to discuss what all has been happening here in the sports world. As is customary here on 9 to 5, we like to sign off with a little One Minute Julep and talk about things that have happened around the sports world. We'll let Aaron start us off. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, what I would like to talk about first is Odo Beckham Jr. getting a uh, really the biggest contract that we've ever seen out of a wide receiver. Five years, $95 million, I believe $41 million guaranteed. 65, 65 in total guarantees. Uh, well, I, I think he just he's reset the uh, wide receiver market. Uh, I think potentially, I mean, you're going to look at some of these other guys, Michael Thomas, we had touched on some of these younger guys, maybe – uh, getting to this number at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to shift it over to the golfing world. Bryson DeChambeau with a convincing victory this week in the first playoff event. Uh, he continues to show well this week. He's finished first, second, third, fourth, and fifth this year, including two firsts. And this latest one, I think, solidifies his pick as a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup coming up this month. And I'm going to talk about the retirement of, uh, of a legend and, well, just kind of some guy that's uh, big on barstool sports for the women. Um, but uh, Manu Ginobili retiring from the Spurs. He's been a model of consistency. Uh, sad to see him go, uh, but it's, uh, it's one, one opponent that nobody ever beats, and that's uh, Father Time. Also, um, Big D Decker. I'll just keep it so simple for you. Eric Decker retired today after eight seasons. Well, the Red Sox had a piss-poor week. Put it bluntly. Um, better not have this next week, or I will, I will go into full panic depression mode. Because um, we have an easy schedule coming up, and they need to capitalize. Uh, so Hawaii winning the Little League World Series, uh, really awesome story, especially with all the uh, hardships that uh, their families have been facing down in Hawaii with uh, well Hurricane uh, Lane that got turned into a tropical storm. So uh, prayers to all those involved, uh, all their families, but. Uh, uh, really proud of uh, USA team winning that Little World Series. Yeah, not often. You usually see in Japan win that thing. Yep. Uh, so Robbie opened the door. Uh, he told me last week that the Red Sox were or the Yankees were not out of the division just quite yet, and he may be right. The Yankees cut it down to six games, and hopefully Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez come back, and 
this is this was springboarded by our sweeping of the strong Baltimore Orioles squad. Shout oh, out to boy. Austin Alger. Well, I mean, that has been a problem with you guys, too. You guys have struggled with the Orioles a little bit this year, which has been a huge surprise. Uh, I'll go next with the uh, uh, trip to Hobbs Hole on Wednesday. Me and Elliot and uh, a couple other buddies are, are headed up to uh, Hobbs Hole in Tappahannock, and that's going to be a fun little time to play there. Um, it should be a, a fun course. I uh, heard it's pretty flat. We're going to play the tips, so it's going to be quite a challenge. And then after that, the week prior or week after this, uh, I'm headed to Detroit with my granddad. It's their 50th anniversary for the 1968 World Series, so uh, looking to have a really good time. Uh, Robbie, finish us off. Um, I had to re- reverse that just for a second because this is pretty important. That um, we had a we had someone want to call in and talk about the Redskins. That was being Jordan Mercer, and we just came to the conclusion here, the four of us, that we're not going to waste our long-distance minutes on somebody who lives in Harrisonburg. You're talking 10 hours away here. I know. Ridiculous. The, the earthquake just shifted them a miraculous eight and a half hours away the other day. So that'll do it for us here on 9 to 5 Sports. Mercer, you thought you got by without getting a shot in tonight. Well, you was wrong. Uh, that'll do it. As we mentioned, next week we'll be back. We'll try to get in, uh, talk about our fantasy sports a little bit and uh, our, our fantasy draft that we all did as a, uh, a panel here, um, as well as uh, talking about the NFC North. So thanks for joining us on the fi- 9 to 5. Hopefully you'll be back again.